This is a Bible study on Revelation chapter 15. As always, a quick prayer to God for help in understanding things that are written in Revelation. Dear God, please help us understand this as we go through it and bring to mind anything that you want to tie in with us um, as we read it. In Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 15, I saw in heaven another great and marvelous sign, seven angels with the seven last plagues, last because with them God's wrath is completed. And I saw what looked like a sea of glass glowing with fire, and standing beside the sea, those who had been victorious over the beast and its image and over the number of its name. They held harps given them by God and sang the song of God's servant Moses and of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of nations. Who will not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. After this I looked. And I saw in heaven the temple, that is, the tabernacle of the covenant law, and it was opened. Out of the temple came the seven angels with the seven plagues. They were dressed in clean, shining linen and wore golden sashes across their chest. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls filled with the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. That's chapter 15. So I will read the question and answers on the sidebar. Question, why is so why is God so angry? God's wrath is against those who reject Christ as Savior and those who persecute believers. God is righteously angry because he is just, and thus he will judge evil. Question, when will God's wrath be completed? Some think that these three sets of seven judgments, the seals, trumpets, and bowls, were executed during the early years of the church. Others think they represent judgments during the time between Christ's first and second comings. Still, others think they are predictions of God's wrath just before or just prior to Christ's return. Question, who conquers the beast? Though the beast initially persecutes and conquers believers, his success is short-lived. Jesus Christ wins the final battle and guarantees the beast defeat, through which believers are also victorious. Question, what is the song of God's servant Moses and of the Lamb? The song of Moses is usually thought to be the one in Exodus 15, although it might be the song in Deuteronomy 32, which was written and taught by Moses. The song of the Lamb, then, is the one listed here in Revelation 15, verse 3 through 4. So um, the notations that I had made in the Bible weren't a whole lot for this chapter, just two things. Um, The 
seven last plagues, those are that ends God's wrath when those are completed. And um, something that, because these are so separated from one another, when you have the trumpets and then you have the bowls, um, the, you don't really notice this comparison. But if you compare the trumpets to the bowls, you will notice that the trumpets are a... They have, they have a lot of similarities. In fact, I might just go through the similarities, but they are a smaller degree and then they get bigger. So I don't know, it doesn't really say if the trumpets happen at the same time as the um, bowls and it, or maybe not the same time, but maybe the trumpet starts and then the bowl, then the trumpet, then the bowl. I don't know. And and it's not really clear in Revelation, but here's my thinking in looking at this and considering this as an opinion only, is that the trumpets are a warning for those um, for those who were remaining that were unprepared and were not included uh, in the gathering. And these are the these are just the additional warnings. So there's like a little sampling of what's coming and then something bigger. So for example, like the trump, the first trumpet, there's hail, fire, blood, a third of the earth is burned. And then with the first bowl, which we haven't read about yet, but that is uh, festering sores on those who took the mark of the beast. So the mark of the beast has already been given at this point. And then uh, the trumpet, too, was like a burning mountain into the sea. A third of the sea creatures die, and a third of the ships are destroyed. And then the second bowl, all sea life dies. Water turns to blood. So those are kind of similar. Um, trumpet three, the blazing star hits the water and turns a third bitter, and people die. The bowl, it, bowl number three, is all rivers and springs turn to blood. Then trumpet four, a third of the sun, moon, stars turn dark, a third of the day and a third of the night. And then in bowl four, people are scorched with fire from the sun, and that's the non-repentant. And then trumpet five, an angel descends and opens the abyss. Torment is unleashed to the people. And then bowl five, the beast kingdom plunges into darkness. Um, then trumpet six, four angels released at Euphrates kill a third of mankind with fire, smoke, sulfur, uh, the unrepentant people. And then bowl six, the Euphrates dries up for the kings of the east. Three impure spirits like frogs come from Satan, false prophet, beast. They gather people to battle Armageddon. And then trumpet seven is, well, I don't know if this is it, but this is what I put it. This is my understanding. The two witnesses are raised to life and the mystery of God is accomplished. And bowl seven, flashes of lightning, thunder, severe earthquake, greater than Ever in creation, the city is split into three parts. Cities collapse, every island fled away, mountains could not be found. There's a huge hailstorm with with one hundred pound hail that falls on people. 
And so it, there's some similarities, I guess, between the, the trumpets and the bowls. Um, they are talking about kind of the same areas that are being affected. So anyway, um, since it only took a few minutes to do chapter 15, I will cover chapter 16 next. And this has to do with the bowls. Then I heard a loud voice from the, wait, no, um, I guess I, I don't remember if I said this in chapter 15 about the two things that um, I had written uh, because I thought the bulls and the trumpets kind of were re- related somehow. But also when he's seeing these things, he sees those who had been victorious over the beast in its image and over the number of its name. So... It's very clear here that the the people who did not take the um, mark of the beast are in God's presence because this is up in heaven. And he saw what looked like the sea of glass glowing with fire. We heard that in an earlier vision. And standing beside the sea, those who had been victorious over the beast in its image and over the number of its name. And they held harps given to them by God and sang the song. So that means that the people who have prepared themselves are not going to get any of this wrath. But people who were not prepared, who rejected God, who didn't have time for God, who didn't put God as a priority, they're still on earth and they are receiving this wrath. And the way I, I see it is like the trumpets come to sound and say, hey, wake up, people. And then the bulls come and they're they're worse. And it's to get people's attention because sometimes it's when people hit rock bottom that they have nothing else and they finally turn to God. And But then there's others who will never do it. And the Bible's clear that there are people who just will not be saved. But the people who don't really care about getting to know God, don't really care about any of this, um, Here's what happens with those people. So this is chapter 16. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The first angel went out and poured out his bowl on the land, and ugly festering sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it turned into blood like that of a dead person, and every living thing in the sea died. The third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. Then I heard the angel in charge of the water say, You are just in these judgments, O Holy One, you who are and who were, for they have shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets. And you have given them blood to drink as they deserve. And I heard the altar respond, Yes, Lord Lord God Almighty, true and just are your judgments. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and the sun was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were seared by intense heat, and they cursed the name of God, who had control over these plagues. But... They refused to repent and glorify him. I underlined that. I'm just going to mention that again. Look at it again. This is it. 
God's still giving opportunities, but these people refuse to repent and glorify him. So then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in agony and cursed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, but they refused to repent of what they had done. So again, here it is, you know, God's actually, he's uh, letting wrath occur because people were rebellious and never turned to him, but they still won't repent and so here's another time that they're saying they, they're not repentant. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Then I saw three impure spirits that looked like frogs. They came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are demonic spirits that perform signs and they go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle on the great day of God Almighty. Look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed so as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed. Then they kept, they gathered the kings together to the place which is in Hebrew called Armageddon. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air and out of the temple came a loud voice from the throne saying, it is done. Then there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since mankind has been on earth so tremendous was the earthquake. The great city split into three parts and the cities of the nations collapsed. God remembered Babylon the great and gave her the cup filled with the wine of the fury of his wrath. Every island fled away and the mountains could not be found. From the sky, huge Hailstones, each weighing about a hundred pounds, fell on people, and they cursed God on account of the plague of hail because the plague was so terrible. That's the end of chapter 16. Now I'll just go through the questions and answers and then just go back one more time over um, things that I wrote to the side. So, uh, question. Why so, such emphasis on God's wrath? Those who see God only as a God of love may be surprised to learn that he is also a God of wrath. God has righteous anger against sin and against the sinner who refuses to repent and accept God's salvation. Question, when does hostility against God turn to bloodshed? As if ignoring or disobeying God were not enough, some escalate their opposition to God until it becomes an obsession. When they can't get at God directly, they strike out at those who represent him, his messengers, and those who obey him. Question, how can an altar talk? This may be figurative language in which an altar is personified 
as though it can speak. Or this may mean that a voice is heard from between the horns of the altar. And that is um, verse 7. I want to read that again because I never got the impression that the altar was talking. Um, so verse 7, it says, And I heard, oh, and I heard the altar respond. Hmm. Yes, Lord God Almighty, true and justice. Okay. So yeah, that's interesting. I I don't know. Okay. Uh, question. In what sense will the beast's kingdom be plunged into darkness? This could be literal darkness similar to the plague of darkness in Egypt or the darkness when Jesus died. This could be figurative darkness describing a kingdom plagued with confusion and chaos symbolized by darkness. Question, who are the kings from the east? Some think these are the Parthian rulers, enemies of Rome just from the south of the Caspian Sea in what is now Iran. Others think this symbolizes the forces of evil or, in contrast, the armies of God. Still others see them as Asian kings from the Far East who will take part in the final battle at Armageddon. Where is Armageddon? That's the question. Armageddon comes from two Hebrew words, Har and Megiddo. The mountain of Megiddo, the mountain of the city of Megiddo, stands at the head of the plain of Esdraelon. I probably didn't pronounce that correctly, sorry. South and east of Mount Carmel, where Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal. This plain was the site of many Old Testament battles. Many think Armageddon refers to a place where a battle will occur before the return of Christ on the great day of the God Almighty. Others think this battle will be more like a war with a number of battles in various locations. Egypt, Jerusalem, and the plain of the Australian Australian, um, Megiddo. Um, Whether understood literally or symbolically, most see it as a battleground of, of God's final defeat of evil. Question, why describe the evil spirits as looking like frogs? John echoed the plague of frogs in in Egypt. The origin of these three spirits is clear. They come from the mouths of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. Frogs were unclean and were symbols of impure impulses. That they come out of the mouth is linked with the mouth symbolizing an instrument of good or evil evil. Frogs then are a symbol for the repulsive spirits of the demonic world and may represent the deceptive propaganda that leads people to accept and support the cause of evil. Question, who is the false prophet? Some think the false prophet is the second beast, that is the beast out of the earth. Others suggest the false prophet, the dragon, and the first beast, that is, the beast out of the sea, make up a counterfeit trinity. Question, what would entice world leaders to this battle? Two things may be involved in bringing the world leaders into the battle. Number one, something natural, such as the king's hatred for God and the truth, 
or two, something extraordinary and supernatural, such as miracles and signs that convinces the kings they cannot lose if they join the side of the beast. Question, are these Jesus's words referring to verse 15? And the response says, yes, these words are similar to those Jesus speaks to the churches. Similar warnings to be prepared for Jesus's coming are found in the gospels. From a literal literary standpoint, it is clear that these words are not John's, though the book he speaks, or throughout the book, he speaks as an observer to these events, not as the participant. And the verse 15 that they were talking about is um, where Jesus says, look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed so as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed. That was the warning that he gave to the church of Sardi in Revelation chapter 3. Question, who is Babylon the Great? Ancient Babylon was noted for its decadence, lust, idolatry, and oppression of God's people. Here it serves as a symbol for Rome. From 1 Peter Chapter 5, verse 13. John proclaimed that the anti Christian empire of Rome and any anti Christian power is doomed. So, um, yeah, um, Babylon the Great, I don't know, that's, that's mystery Babylon. Um, I, I, know, I know a lot of people that's like, it's very common that most would say that it's Rome. And I don't, I don't know that, I mean, that's an assumption by people and, um, it very well could be, but it also could be a spiritual thing. So it, we won't know until the end, but I guess as in all other scripture, there's the next few chapters are going to be all about Babylon. So in those chapters, it, you know, if oh, there's many chapters dedicated to Babylon. So as we go through those, it'll be important to pay attention to the details, the description, what happens. And then if anybody is around when that happens, then people will recognize that this is, the, this is Babylon or mystery Babylon. Um, and that's, I guess that's the end of chapter 16. So Babylon will be covered in the next several chapters after this. So that's all for this episode.